inaugural episode of Back to the Back Cave, uh, revisiting the animated series. I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, Josh. Josh, how's it going? It's going great, Adam. Good to be with you. Uh, it's good to have you here. Um, this is a companion vidcast podcast. Where, uh, you're you're going to get both formats, so enjoy it however you choose. Um, it's a companion piece to uh, the, uh, the Multiverse Musings vidcast. Um, originally, we had planned to cover this as part of just the regular vidcast. But it kept getting lost in the, in the shuffle because apparently DC's got a lot of news and they keep throwing news at us and there's lots to cover. So I said, all right, this show has to be its own separate thing and I want to cover the animated universe all in of itself. And, uh, you know, um, I, I, I've, we've wanted to get Josh on for the longest time. We've had discussions back and forth. And I said, you know what? I know Josh loves uh, Batman the Animated Series. And I think he's the perfect uh, guy to uh, revisit this show with. And then also, in addition to this show, Steven and I are going to cover a Superman the Animated Series in the same manner. I haven't exactly come up with the name for that one yet. Well, I mean, that's pending. Um, not patent pending because it's not our property, so can't say that. Uh, and then in addition to Superman the Animated Series, we're going to cover Justice League and so on and so forth. So... Lots of stuff, and there's going to be crossover episodes, all, all the good stuff. Nick Fury's not the only one who can cross over, folks. Um, <laughs> so, good stuff. But, um, yeah, Josh, it's a pleasure to finally get you on the show. And um, so, Batman the Animated Series is a classic. I mean, I'm hard-pressed to find somebody who hasn't seen it. And it's, especially, in pe it's especially in people from our generation. Yeah. And I'm mm -hmm. even more hard-pressed to find somebody that doesn't like it. If I find said person, I'm going to send them for counseling. Um, because uh, <laughs> the, 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 it just isn't right. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Opinions are, are your own. You can, you can enjoy, what you, enjoy what you enjoy. Don't like what you don't like. But, uh, but no, um, just before, before we get into uh, the episodes we're going to cover tonight and how we're going to revisit the series... Josh, tell me a little bit about your origin with the series. So, how did you come across it? What you, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, um, I actually talked to a little bit about this. I was, I was, uh, I came to a different sort of uh, conclusion. Uh, it was more about how I got into comics. Mm -hmm. um, but really, the origins of everything in my Batman fandom come from watching the 1966 uh, Batman live-action TV series. Um, my mom would strategically plan, um, I have a brother that's one year younger than me okay. and my mom would strategically plan our naps, uh, around the time when the, when the Batman 66, uh, TV show would come on. And so as a toddler, like, I don't know how young I was, I was really young, mm. but as a toddler all the way to 1992, when I was five years old, um, I was very familiar with Batman already because I watched the Batman 66 live action TV series. And then um, I can actually remember as a little kid learning that they were making an animated Batman show and getting really excited about it. And I remember watching it. It would come on after school. Um, so, you know, um, 
when I was in I was in kindergarten, and when I was in kindergarten, I was homeschooled. So we would finish school and all that sort of thing, do my homework, and then um, and then I would turn on. I would get to watch cartoons in the afternoon, and uh, part of that was Batman the animated series. So I imagine I obviously don't like have crystal clear memories of this, but I I would watch it probably every single day, and I I imagine I watched the whole TV series as a five year old. And was absolutely enthralled by it. And then, of course, I just I would watch it and rewatch it when it was on, and um, it was part of what led me to my Batman fandom. Um, discovering Batman on film, uh, writing on their message board, um, and then getting comic book recommendations, and then the rest is history. So I I watched the Keaton films, you know, uh, on and on. So. Um, but I would definitely say that um, now, as a comic book fan, um, and even rewatching these two episodes that we're about to discuss, um, I have a new level of appreciation for watching this series. Um, and it's kind of cool to watch it with different eyes now that I'm a Batman fan with a lot of knowledge about the mythos and and what makes Bruce Wayne tick. Uh, the meticulous care that um, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim um, put into the series and making sure that it was true to the spirit of Batman. So now as an adult, um, you know, I, I loved it when I was a kid. I treasure the series as an adult because I, I think it's probably the only thing that has got Batman like 100% right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still a take on the character. Um but it's something that it's a Batman that I recognize from the comics. So for me, this show has a lot of special resonance in that way. And of course it's still, it was so successful. It still reverberates today, you know, almost 30 years later. Um, A lot of the foundation of the DC animated movies that Warner brothers releases um, come from a lot of the foundation is from Batman, the animated series. So Um, yeah, that, that's kind of my background, uh, yeah. background with the show. Awesome. Yeah, I'll give a little bit of mine. Um, I was 10, or 9 going on 10 when, uh, when this uh, show came on. And I remember vividly, it, I, I remember, the, the, the thing I can remember vividly is two things. The theme, the theme song and, and the opening intro. Which and you got to remember, this is coming off the heels of Batman Returns, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so th- when I heard that that theme, and I had no idea that that an animated series was coming. When I heard that theme, I'm like, oh, you know, it's like when you ring a bell and a dog, you know, I can just compare myself to a dog. I'm okay with that. And, you know, <laughs> it comes away, you know, and it was like, oh, here comes that theme, and. Um, like they had me at that. I thought I thought it was okay. What what is this? Something connected with the movie, and you know, obviously they they played up on the popularity of the movie, and it was supposed to you know loosely be based on 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 what you know, the kind of thing Burton had set up, and then you know just watching it. I remember the first episode that I remember. I can vividly still remember seeing. Like I've seen them all back in the day too, but the one that I remember like almost being my the first one I watched, maybe, was the, the introduction of Catwoman. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I think that was, because it, did, it didn't air, like, in a, like 
the order wasn't, you know, the production order and the airing order was different. So I think that they aired the Catwoman episode relatively early on to capitalize on the on the, the Batman Returns uh, sort of being out you know, in the public eye and, and that sort of thing. So that's the one I remember the most. Um, for me, like I said, my this was my third exposure to Batman, the first being 66 when I was really small. Like kindergarten age, that's when I used to watch the reruns of that. Again, probably my naps were also scheduled around that. Uh, uh, and then Batman 89 really kicked it into another, you know, my Batman found them into another stratosphere. And then this, but I hadn't picked up a, a Batman comic book until, jeez, oh uh, three oh four. Mm. It was probably my first time I picked up an actual Batman comic. So those three pieces of entertainment were, you know, my Batman, so to speak, uh, in the in the the lead up to my, my eventual reading comics. And like you, what I found, you know, nowadays is that the series really is the closest to the Batman we see in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it does take its own, you know, slant or look at things, but it is, you know, true to the characters, very respectful. Uh, I think this Gotham City and Burton's Gotham City are the, are the two best iterations of Gotham City. Um, although I will give props to Schumacher's uh, Gotham City. Actually, Schumacher's Gotham City kind of looks like this Gotham City, but with neon everywhere, like more neon. Yeah, yeah. So, Got to give sure Schumacher thing. some props uh, for that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that uh, Joel Schumacher's, uh, you know, you can disagree with the with his approach, but the set design yeah. was out of this world for yeah. that movie. Really, and it's funny because really when, well. when you when you see Arkham Asylum. In, in the movie, it's taken like it's like they transplanted the animated image from this and, mm-hmm. and put it in. So you know you gotta give gotta give Schumacher props, and I still like Batman Forever. Um, so me too, me you know, too. Throw stones all you want, but there it is. Um, but yeah, so I love this show. I still love it to this day. I have lost count how many times I've watched it, you know, in, in totality. But we've never quite watched it like this. And that's the interesting mm-hmm. about uh, interesting thing about doing this show, is we're not watching it in the order that the DVD tells us to watch it, uh, because uh, I was uh, funny enough um, one day searching Batman the Animated Series, and, and ma- mainly I was thinking about should I buy the, you know this McFarlane figure? Do I have room for it? You know, and the debate is still mm-hmm. raging on. Uh, me and my wife are <laughs> having an argument, but I digress. Um, and then I came across this, this, this it's called a definitive um, viewing order. And mm-hmm. it's, it's made by, a, by a, a fan. And it comes from uh, the, the article, the piece that, that sort of describes the list in detail is a, a comic book uh, movie. So I got to give credit where credit is due. And the author of the piece is listed as M.G. Meadowstone. I don't know if that's a pseudonym or if it's his real name, but that sounds like a comic book name. So, so you know, thumbs up to you. But S- Sounds very close to Wormwood. 
Yeah, sounds yeah, a very bit, similar yeah. to wormwood. It does, yeah, a little bit. And so what he's done is um, created a, a viewing order that provides the, the each season with a specific theme mm-hmm. and also allows each season to function like a live-action television series would uh, function. You know, it's got a, a, more, a more cohesive narrative. Uh, you know, uh, the first season, he's organized... Like, the episodes, if you look at his, his list, like, he's pulled episodes. One is from volume one of the DVDs. Another is from volume two. Another is from volume... So it's all over there. Like, he's, 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 he's rearranging things. He's really curated this list in quite a, a detailed fashion. And mm-hmm. you know, God bless him for having the patience to do that, because yeah, I don't think I would have had the patience to do that. Um, but, you know, the first season, just from look, glancing at the episodes that we're eventually going to cover, looks like they're more grounded, you know, you know, level villains before, you know, as each season goes on, we're going to get more of the fanciful, you know, colorful villains and so on and so forth. So I really respected that take and, and, and him trying to make it more cohesive, more thematic, and also more like a live action series. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what? This will be a new experience, so let's watch it like this. Um, so that's what we're going to do. And the first day, we're going we're, we're gonna to do two episodes at a time. At least that's how we're going to start doing it. Um, but the first two episodes that appear on the list are going to... You know, so this is his version of, of season one. Let me, here we go. It's going to be the Cape and Cowl Conspiracy. And then we're going to review I've Got Batman in My Basement. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, but obviously. <laughs> that's the episode. Uh, I have... Two, two random... Yeah. Two random children in Gotham City do. Yes, in, I have, in, in I have several Batman here in my room here, like statues and stuff. <laughs> Not in the basement. Um, so there it is. But uh, all right, Josh. Um, so the Cape and Cowl conspiracy. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, what are your, some of your initial thoughts on this? Yeah, I thought this was... Uh, this episode was interesting to me for a number of reasons. Um, but primarily looking at it from the lens of, you know, watching this series as a kid, um, I can't imagine that this episode would have held my attention as a kid because of the level of maturity in the writing and the level of character work um, being done here is extremely impressive. Um but my, my initial sort of, um, you know, kind of the, and, and obviously we're going to do full spoilers here. So Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's um, been <laughs> 1992, <laughs> folks, if you haven't seen this thing. Yeah, you know, or if you're re-watching, yeah. if you're re-watching, go watch it first and come back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the, the Cape and Cal, obviously the twist at the end where it's revealed, um that um, uh, uh, um, Wacklaw uh, or J- Jossick is yeah. uh, is is actually been Batman the whole time. Yeah, is like is a really clever twist. I didn't see it coming. 
No, and I've seen this. I've seen this before somewhere down the line. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. I almost wondered if um, this was originally this, this this was written by Elliot S. Madgen, um, and it's based on a comic book story that he wrote in the 1970s, mm. and it's it was called the Cape and Cow Death Trap in Detective Comics number right. 450. And in August of 1975. So it wasn't, it was obviously based on, on a comic book story, but before I, I found that out, I almost wondered if um, this was, this was originally intended to be the Riddler. And they thought there were some things that took them away from, from keeping it the Riddler. Um, but I, I actually really like, uh, I really like the um, the Josiah Wormwood character, um, and I, you know, before I was gonna get on here, I don't know if you're familiar with the works of C.S. Lewis, um, but yes, he wrote right. he wrote the Screw Tape Letters, and and the nephew of the um, the the young demon character in that uh, in that story is called Wormwood. So I, I was also wondering if he might have been based on on that, if he might have pulled inspiration from C.S. Lewis. Um, but yeah, no, I I uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, I think it makes sense that you would watch this first. Um, you know, the bat signal is introduced into the DCAU in this um, in this episode, and. Uh, uh, overall, I thought I thought you know it's 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 uh it's one of those episodes where I would encourage people hang in there, hang in there for ten minutes, and yeah. it, it really ramps up and it really gets good, and yeah. it's not going to be a classic villain sort of Batman story, but it's it's a satisfying Batman story nonetheless. So yeah, that that's what I think of it. What did you think of it, Adam? It's funny because like you initially, I'm like. Ooh, this is a Riddler episode. Because, you know, the way he yeah. wrote the clues and the clues themselves, very Riddler. And then I'm mm -hmm. like, it was a Riddler. I'm like, who is this guy? I'm like, wait a minute. Who is this guy? Like, And I'm like, yeah. is this guy in the comics? My comics knowledge doesn't go back to the 70s, so I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something <laughs> here, but who is this guy? But it wasn't a Riddler, but I'm like, yeah, I don't care. It's not the Riddler. I'm, I'm engrossed in what he's doing. And, um, you know, um, the fact that he... He was able to, I mean, partially through Batman's allowing him to, but you know, you don't know that till the end. So the fact that he is able to capture Batman and get the cape and cowl, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was watching it and having not remembered the episode at all, I was like, this 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 guy for an average ho-hum human. Who's not doesn't seem overly insane like the Joker, Riddler, Penguin, etc. For him to be able to put Batman in this predicament, in predicament is pretty impressive. Um, but the fact that, like you said, Batman was the was I, I think this guy called himself the Baron as well. I think that's what he liked to call himself. That was his nickname. Yes, the Baron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the fact that this guy was you know, Batman was the Baron the whole time, plays into Batman's use of disguises as a character, like. Yes. If he's got to go undercover, you know, you, you see he matches Malone a lot, right? 
So it plays uh-huh. into that comic motif, and I'm like, I, I dig that. Because yeah. rarely do we see that in live action. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? So yeah, I love and I... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I love, that as- I love that particular aspect of it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then the... You, you're right, the introduction of the bat signal, I, I think is very important, because this is clearly the first time it's being used. And that scene really gave me Batman Begins ending vibes. Yeah. Because this is, this is totally, uh, you know, uh, I could see Batman Begins pulling from this for sure. Uh, yeah. And even like the interaction between Gordon and, and um, Batman on the rooftop, you know, or in his office. I, I really dug that stuff because it's like, you know, mm-hmm. Batman sort of just being there. And then all of a sudden he's gone. And, you know, the good thing about Batman the Animated Series is Gordon is very competent and he's not a buffoon. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, Batman still has his number in terms of intelligence. Um, yes. So, and you, you see that here uh, with the clues. You know, Batman is quick to, you know, decipher the clue and he's like, isn't that obvious? Yeah, you know, like, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so... I really liked that dynamic, and it really did um, make sense to watch this as as a you know a series opener, if you will, because it sets the table. Like it gives you you know your main characters, Batman, um, Gordon. Uh, you know, it shows you Gotham City. It, it, mm-hmm. you, get, you get the bat signal. You know that Batman has been operating for you know a bit of time you don't know exactly how long it's very much mm-hmm. like batman 89 in that sense so i think it works as a as a um, as a as a opener uh for sure um, yeah you're right it, it is slow in parts mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. the, the, the 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 scene where batman confronts the baron for the first time and then the end scene um, are really quite action-packed. So, you know, there is a little bit of a lull, but it's worth uh, for the beginning and at the end there. Uh, I think it's, it's, it, it pulls it all together nicely, I think. Um, yeah, I think, I think the thing that really worked for me in terms of what this gets right about Batman's character is that Batman is always going to be two steps ahead of everybody, right? Or three steps ahead of everybody. You can always count on that. Now, sometimes that expectation is subverted, like in the Court of the Owls storyline in the comics. It's like, that's a really interesting story because the Court of the Owls are two or three steps ahead of Batman. And that that throws him off. He does not handle that, you know? Yeah, he doesn't like that. um, Yeah, but it's, um, but you know, Batman is always two or three steps ahead of everybody. He is one of the smartest uh, men in the room, which is why I think that, um, you know, despite the fact that he's a Superman villain, I think Lex Luthor is a great villain for Batman too, because it's a match of wits between the two of them, you know? That's an aside. But, and when um, that match of wits fails, there's always the, the money, the money battle. Who's richer? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But they, there's oh, that, you, there was that interesting dynamic yeah. there. Yeah. And I think anytime you can highlight Batman's intelligence, 
and his wit. Um, it, it's it really it really the reason this works is the first. It's part of the reason why this works is the first episode because it really sets Batman up as sort of a force to be reckoned with in Gotham City. It makes you go, oh wow, this guy's formidable. Yeah, you know, whatever challenges he's facing in um, in uh, you know later on. Um, that you know he's he's a very formidable guy. So um, I really appreciated that about this episode. You could almost you could almost sort of it makes the viewer if you're watching this you know in this format for the first, in this you know order for the first time you really get a sense of okay to beat Batman somebody's really going to have to be the epitome of villainhood because. You know, they've got to have the physicality to beat him mm -hmm. and the smarts. And yes. yeah, that's a tough, you know, not many can do that. So um, yeah. there are a few, but, 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 but it really shows how adept and how qualified Batman is. And, and you know, um, so I, I, I enjoyed that too. Now, I wanted, I wanted to get your opinion on something because I noticed it as I was watching. Obviously, we've we've talked about the comparisons to Batman '89 and the Burton, you know, uh, world. But did you notice that, you know, in certain areas, the music cue would go into that little '66 playful vibe? Uh, oh yeah. And then, you know, and then it would turn itself back around to more Elfman kind of stuff. But there was always that little kind of. Um, you know, um, few bars of music that would that would go in the '66 direction, and I think that was a nice nod. Yeah, um, yeah. And also the death, the death traps that you know Batman had to face mm -hmm. were, were things that you'd probably find in the '66. You know, that you could imagine the writers for the '66 show could dream up. So I think those were nods to that era as well, and I like that. I like that little touch of. I, I like that, too, because this is probably um, the height of, you know, there were Batman animated series in the 70s and 80s, but none of them had the cultural renaissance that this did. Um, and, and, and that's largely due to the Burton films. But the last time that Batman had the cultural renaissance that he did of the Burton films was in the 60s. Um, you know, a, a lot of people don't, don't remember this but the batman comics were about to be canceled because they weren't popular um they kind of had been burning out in popularity um uh, through the early 60s and the batman 66 tv series actually rescued uh the batman comics true. and it had it had a couple of seasons of that and then um the funny thing is the ironic thing is you know, you had sort of the campiness of the 60s series. Immediately after the 60s series was when Denny O'Neill uh, and Neil Adams started, you know, making their way into writing Batman. And Batman, uh, I, I would assume in an attempt to sort of compete with Marvel, um, started becoming a little bit more socially conscious a little bit more realistic, a little bit darker. They kind of moved away from the camp. And then as Batman got into the 70s, uh, it just, it went full on uh, the, you know, the dark night that we know today. Yeah, 
Um, and, and a lot of people don't give, and, and it relates to this episode because this episode comes from a 1975 comic, which was 17 years before this, this episode. A lot of people credit Frank Miller for bringing, for making Batman dark, but Batman was dark way before that. Batman yeah. was dark in the 1970s. And um, a lot of credit goes to Denny O'Neill and oh, Neil yeah. Adams for, amongst other people, I, I can't name them off the top of my head, but they they were definitely sort of the, the spearheads of, of making Batman darker. And a lot of, you know, the um, Adam, the, the, the 60s, the nods to the 60s series yeah. and nods to the sort of Denny O'Neill era of Batman um, are going to be recurring themes on the show. Because, you know, the, the, the Burton films obviously are the major inspiration for the show, but they also pull inspiration from that 70s era and from, and from the 60s series, because those are the things that people are familiar with. with Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're, you're definitely right about the 60s show. Uh, and I got to be honest with you, I don't want to live in a world where Batman comics don't exist and, and Batman wasn't popular. I don't know, but if that's that's a multiverse <laughs> that I don't want to live in. So yes. if, that, if that alternate future ever happens, it's just I'm checking out. Um, no, Adam, Adam, what you do if you get into that alternate universe <laughs> is you revive Batman for DC Comics. Yeah, I'll write and it. say, uh, hey, <laughs> I know, I know that this is a long shot, but you should revive Batman, and yeah. it, it would be a huge and, hit. And, and, and here are and the then, books here. And, Here's and, uh, and you would. Here's the story: the Long Halloween. Yeah, here. I'll just play. Nobody will, nobody will accuse, nobody will fault me for plagiarizing because they all, they all want to give me keys to the city for bringing Batman back. That's what'll happen. Yeah. Um, but right. um, no, um, yeah, and I really, when they, you know, just hearing you sort of give some details on Daniel Neal and and Neil Adams, I really got to go back and do a deep dive of that. Of oh that yeah, era. I, you know, a lot of them are on Comicsology, so I think I may. Next time there's a big DC sale, I'm just gonna just gonna stock up and and, and dive right in. Loop them up and AT and T make DC Universe Infinite available in Canada. That I think is coming. That, I, I think that's coming. That's coming nice. later in the summer. Uh, it's just it's just the, like the HBO Max, like the that that we have to get through other like either Netflix or Crave or you know, but yeah. yeah. But DC Infinite, I'll be able to get. And if not, come, hey, Comixology, you can have my money. That's that's fine. Just give me the issues that I want, and then we'll make an exchange. <laughs> um, but so, is there anything you want to specifically mention uh, that we haven't about this episode, or else we can rate it and move on to the second one? No, I I I um I think that we've covered it. I think that you know the first episode that aired. Um, uh, at least in the U.S., I don't know if it was the same in Canada. Was um, on leather wings. It yeah, was the yeah, bat, it was. the man bat episode, and um, I can totally see why they would they would air that episode first, yeah. because you know it, it features a, a Batman villain that's you know lesser known but still fantastical. I think that this I was impressed with the maturity of this episode, with the writing of this episode with how adult the story is. And, um, you know, as, as an adult, it, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how much, uh, uh, a, a seven year old would enjoy this, but who knows, maybe I'm underestimating seven year olds. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're more, uh, they're more adept at sitting through things now. Who knows? 
Somehow, I think most of them would just be looking into their tablet or whatever. Yeah. Is that they're ready? But but yeah, no, I I enjoyed it, and um, this episode totally works as a series premiere, in my opinion. So mm -hmm. let's do a rating, I guess, out of out of five. Uh, okay. So what would you give this episode? I would I would give this series a solid four. I think it's it's uh, it's really well done. Um, it has a great uh, twist. Um, and it really highlights Batman's character in a way that I think is serviceable to to the character. So I I give it a four. Yeah, for me it's the same four to five. Uh, you know, it, again it, it sets the groundwork. It, it lets you know everything you need to know. Um, shows you how formidable Batman is as both. You know, in both getting things done in terms of intimidating his, his adversaries and physically overpowering them, but the way he mentally, you know, tricks them and uses disguises that are not Batman <laughs> to, to mm -hmm. follow them. I, I think that seeing that really put a smile on my face because it's so rarely, like, in comics it's done, but in other media it's so rarely done that when I saw it here, I'm like, oh, this, that's just refreshing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, four to five, and the animation was top-notch. The, the soundtrack for this episode was top-notch. It all just came together um, uh, quite well. So not not a, a full perfect episode, but pretty darn close. Um, and and I will I will say, Adam, there are going to be some fives. Um, oh, absolutely. Throughout yeah, absolutely. this retrospective. Yeah. So be, it's not like fives. It's not like fives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not like five is an unattainable number. Oh, definitely not for this show, no. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Perfect. All right, so on to episode two. I've got Batman in my basement. Uh, so, Josh, what did you think of this one? So, in my in my in my head, um, executives from uh, Fox Kids, which is the network that aired. Um, Batman the Animated Series in yeah. uh, in the early 90s in the U.S. met with executives from Warner Brothers, and they basically said, hey, we need an episode where some kids interact with Batman, because yeah. this is a show for kids. Yeah. So write an episode where, um, where uh, Batman's interacting with kids. And then yeah. the executives from Warner Brothers went back to the animation team and said, we need an episode of Batman the Animated Series where Batman interacts with kids. Oh, and also, Penguin is going to be the villain in uh, the latest movie. So see if you can put Penguin in there somehow. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of the... I, I would I would have to guess that that's the origin of this episode. Yeah. Um, be, because of the... The plot is... The plot's a little bit random for me. Yeah. Um, it it's, you know, um, these kids kind of come across Batman and Batman saves them and Batman gets knocked out and he takes them back. The kids take him back home. And then the penguin tries to come back and defeat Batman. Um, at, at their house. Yeah. At their house. Uh, a little random, but you know, I think that it's very difficult for this team to sort of, uh, strike out. Um, yeah. Because I thought that some of the stuff in this episode was 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 um, really well done. I think that 
obviously the the design of the penguin he's got the the three flippers he's got the long hair he's bald it's based on danny devito right but (laughs) but it's definitely obviously animation takes takes very long um to produce and it's very likely that when they wrote these episodes and when they when they animated them they actually hadn't seen Danny DeVito's depiction, depiction yeah. of Penguin, and and which is for the better because the characterization of the Penguin in this show is much closer to the comics characterization. Absolutely, yeah. So, and excuse me, and um, and uh, the Penguin from the comics um, is a much better character in my opinion than the Penguin from the. Uh, the Batman Returns. So um, it's our first interaction with a supervillain um, that we're coming across. Um, but yeah, I for me, this is kind of mixed. I think that um, it's sort of a, uh, a... Oh, yeah, there's the... <laughs> I'm just like reading an overview of the episode and there's the Fabergé egg. Um, yeah. That's in the episode that... Um, you know that penguin uh, that penguin tries to steal. So there's a lot happening in this episode, and for me, the last episode was was very adult. This to me is very much aimed at kids, and as an as an adult, it kind of, I I kind of lost my interest. I, yeah. I I I logged on to Postmates and kind of was looking at what I could order for dinner. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of where I was at. What did you think of it? Well, for, it's interesting that you mentioned the penguin. There is, I looked at it, you know, obviously the flipper design, right, is very mm-hmm. much DeVito. A lot, a lot of the design is DeVito. Um, but it does have, like, he looks like a, he looks like a hybrid of DeVito meets Burgess Meredith. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I wonder, because I, I, no, I could be, misremembering this but i remember either watching an interview with bruce tim and paul dini uh or or reading an interview where they said that they had gotten a look at images of like concept art of what danny devito was going to look like and i think somebody at the animation studio said keep some of it to keep connections to the movie but but make him look more you know pleasing to I mean yeah <laughs> kids because and then we know what happened afterwards parents parent groups were not pleased with the uh, black goose spewing um, raunchy uh, uh, dialogue which I find funny watching Batman Returns as an adult now now I'm picking up on all that, that I'm like wait a minute did he just say what I think he did and sure enough he did but you know back yeah. then I could see how those guys Let's just say that Oswald, uh, Mayor Oswald Cobblepot would have a lot of Me Too moments. Um, oh, if he, oh if, he would be he would be canceled by now for sure, yeah. uh, without a question, without question, um, no doubt about it. But um, but yeah, so I, I think the studio was kind of like, okay, keep some elements to make it you know similar, but but let's steer away from the you know the thing. We don't want to scare our core audience. Uh, in terms of writing an episode with kids in it, you're probably bang on. I, that's probably, you know, the just, you, almost, you could have just read off a transcript and that was probably it of how, mm-hmm. the, how the conversation went. 
Uh, I did like, you know, and you mentioned the Fabergé egg. I think that egg was in an episode of Batman 66 as well. Mm. Uh, yeah. Probably, probably involving Egghead is my guess, but I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that egg was in Batman 66. I think that you are correct. Uh, yeah. So that was a cool nod, or, or at least one that I think is a nod. Um, and I got to be honest, the part of the episode that I did like was Batman rescuing the kids when they get in trouble. Yeah. Because, like, we, you know, in the, in the first episode, we see a Batman who, you know, intimidates his adversaries, you know, to the point of hanging them off the edge of a building to, you know, scare the crap out of them. Um, so to kind of, you know, he's showing a, a monstrous side of himself to, to, to the criminals he fights. But to kind of also humanize him at the same time, showing him rescuing the kids in, in such a heroic way, uh, puts the superhero aspect of, uh, of Batman, right? Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas the first episode was more The Dark Knight, this is more superhero Batman, if you will, if you get my, where I'm going with that. So I did yeah. like that, re- that rescue. Him being knocked out for days by the, by the gas and the kids taking him home and, and, you know, the kids riding the... For God's sake, they drove the Batmobile. It's like, <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I'll take any opportunities to see the Batmobile. And that's a, and the animated series version of the Batmobile is a nice Batmobile. I love it. But but I don't need to see kids drive it. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then the part where the Penguin attacks at their house with his two goons, it felt... I, and I, I may be wrong here, but when they were coming up with the concept for this episode, somebody must have watched Home Alone and yes. said, this is a good idea. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. After they had the meeting with the, with yeah, the yeah. Fox like, and the... They're, like, like, they're like, crap, what are we going to do? Somebody's like, oh, don't worry. <laughs> Over the weekend, I just saw Home Alone. We just put that yeah. in there and nobody say nothing. Because yeah. <laughs> as I was watching it this time around, I'm like, wait a minute, this is Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Batman. <laughs> Which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a good thing either. It's somewhere in the middle, like you were alluding to. So it just felt very much like it almost was like the the, the, the John Peters school of decision making, where okay, we need an episode to appeal to kids. Check. What's the latest thing I've seen in, in theaters? Home Alone. Check. <laughs> you know, and, and that's how it seems like this episode came about because. Having essentially having the kids beat the penguin, for, for mm-hmm. I mean Batman shows up at the end and, and you know has a, uh, a Zorro kind of sword fight with penguin. You know he's using his umbrella and Batman's using I, I think it was a uh, some sort of tool. So yeah, and again I'm taking it as a nod to Zorro because. Batman was inspired by Zorro, so that was that little mm-hmm. sword fight thing. Was my kind of oh, they're they're making a reference to that. Uh, I got to put a positive spin on that because otherwise that fight was lacking. Um, but essentially, the kids took out Penguin and, and the goons. Uh, mm-hmm. So it just it didn't do Penguin as a character any favors. I, I don't think. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a really mixed bag for me this episode. Uh, 
I don't yeah. hate it. I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel the same. In fact, I'm probably on the the uh, for me it's 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 on the low end of mediocre. Um, um, personally, I'm 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 kind of glad though that we're watching it now. Um, before we before, yeah, yeah, yeah before we build up momentum because there are some really great episodes coming down the pike. So oh, absolutely, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, without question, without question. So mm-hmm. I really don't have much else to. to, to to say about this episode, I don't know about you. Um, Me neither. I do want to just say something sort of in general about the series that I think um, is really interesting to note. Um, I think that it was Scott Snyder that um, I heard say that, because he's written both Detective Comics and Batman, the main Batman title, and um, he said the difference for him is Detective Comics are sort of, um, it's sort of the grounded... Um, detective stories. It's sort of the street level Batman stories, and then the ba- the main Batman title is superhero Batman. It's like it's like the big Batman stories. It's like you know, and um, for me, Bat- what I love about Batman the Animated Series is it's sort of the detective comics approach yeah. to Batman. It's the sort of ground level stories, yeah. and um, and so you know, this to me is kind of you know, if you look at it as is uh, the Cape and Cowl conspiracy is the main chunk of Detective Comics number, you know, 670 or whatever. Um, I've got Batman in my basement is probably like the backup story, like the fun random yeah. backup I would, story. Yeah, that I, would some... even, I would even call it like a, it's like a fill-in issue of Batman. You know, like when yeah. they're, they're in transition between creative teams yeah, and they have a guy come in and tell just, you know, a filler story. Mm-hmm. That, that that's what this episode feels like. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, that's the that's a really good take on on the two different titles. And, and Scott Snyder's a smart man, and mm-hmm. his Batman work has been oof, it was exceptional. Um, I love how he I love how he started very grounded with the Black Mirror, and yes. it was a total. And that it was, was a Dick, total. That was Dick Grayson as Batman, correct? Yes, it was, which is fantastic, by the way. Oh, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of bummed that they ended it. But they, um, you know, they went from Grant Morrison, who was to- telling these like bonkers stories yeah. to, to that were amazing as well. But they went back grounded to um, Scott Snyder. Yeah. And then over the course of the decade that Scott Snyder's been writing DC stories, he's basically transformed into Grant Morrison himself. He's telling bonkers DC oh, stories. Yeah. The, the, the death metal stuff? Yeah. To, to me, the best way to approach that is you've got to read it once the story is fully complete. You, yes. You can't read that stuff as, as a you know monthly periodical. You can't. At least I can. Yeah. I mean, God mm-hmm. bless anybody that can and keep it straight. I, I'm clearly not there, um, but um, but yeah, Scott's done some amazing work. And funny, you should actually. You know what? Let's rate the episode, and then I'll bring it back around to. Okay. To so out of, okay. out of five, what would you what would you rate this episode? I, I'm I'm really sorry to the creative team that wrote this, um, Sam Graham and Chris Hubble. And it was directed by Frank Parr, but I, I'm going to have to give this episode a two out of five. Yeah. For me. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm going to be as generous as I can here. And I'm going to give it a 2.5 only because, yeah, I'll tell you where it gets the extra 0.5. I didn't mm-hmm. like the kids driving the Batmobile, but I got an extended Batmobile chase. So for that, you get the extra 0.5. There uh, you go. There you go. Look, it's, it's still better than Batman and Robin, so there's that. It's and, true, yeah. And, and Catwoman, etc. So, so you're not the worst DC media out there. So that, that's that's yeah. a plus. Uh, so take take yeah. that. You you didn't you didn't screw the pooch on Batman completely. That's reserved for other people. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, so, I just to tie something Scott Snyder related to Batman the animated series. Um, Josh, have you had a chance to read uh, the comics, Batman, The Adventures Continue, the digital first? You know what? I've read the first few, um, I've read the first few issues. I've read the first few issues. Lex Luthor is the villain, actually. Yeah, the first couple, yeah, you're right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, are, are you digging those? Have you, have you dug those so far? I, I dug what i've read so far so i have dc universe infinite now so i need to actually go through and because i think those come for free with it i think they they release yeah when they release on a certain point yeah they they become free yeah yeah so yeah what we we, what what i so there's two things to this what we might do in between seasons is look at some of those comics you know i think that's a good idea and the other thing i wanted to mention is season one of batman the adventures continue ends at issue 17. Season mm-hmm. 2 is starting up in like a... a, a I, I want to say May, but I'm not 100% sold on that. Okay. Season 2 of Batman the Adventures Continue is starting up around May-ish. And the first story arc is their adaptation of The Court of Owls. So I just... Wow! Their That's exciting. So Hey, Adam, there's also the rumors... Uh, we we might we might have to discuss it on a future show. Yeah, might have oh. to do a special episode. But there are rumors that HBO Max is going to revive Batman the animated series, which would just make me well. If it is, so we're going to be doing this a lot more often. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> we're going to be covering live right. episodes and not and not thirty year old episodes. But uh, listen, yeah. I'll be over the moon if that. Please, I know I don't have HBO Max. I'll get it. Uh, I'll be able to watch. They'll make a deal with somebody, Netflix or whoever. So I'll be able to watch it. But please do that. Like the inner, the inner ten-year-old and the thirty-seven-year-old in me are both screaming, <laughs> "Please!" Um, yeah. uh, I mean, listen. The last year and a half has been a pile of junk for, yes. uh, for the most part. Give us this joyous uh, news. I, I would welcome that with open arms. And um, yeah, we'll definitely keep. Hashtag restore the Diniverse. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna. You, you may be joking, but uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get that started. <laughs> um, um, but um, but uh, yeah, we will. If we hear anything, we'll of course cover it when that news comes around. And like you said, yes. we'll come up with a plan to cover some of those Batman: The Adventures Continue uh, comics at some point. Yeah, like I said, in between seasons. For like an episode yeah. two we'll, 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 or two, we'll kind mm-hmm. of do a story arc of the of the comic. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this was our first episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it, Josh. I, I certainly did. I um, did as well. I hope the viewers and listeners, whichever way they're uh, 
consuming this. Uh, enjoyed it and will continue uh, to join us for uh, the future episodes. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you have the list uh, up still. What are our mm -hmm. next two episodes? Oh, um, I will tell you right now. Hold on. Give me one yeah, second. I should have I kept it up. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Okay. okay. Hold on. We are going to be covering next time the last laugh. So it'll be our first uh, Joker episode and night, and night of the Ninja, which I'm really excited about. That, that sounds like a cool, uh, I, a cool episode. Based off the title, I don't remember that one, I, I, I can say. So mm -hmm. that'll, be, that'll mm -hmm. be an interesting rewatch. But yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that will bring the episode to a close. But if you want to talk more Batman the Animated Series, Batman in general, or anything DC with Josh or I, you can on social media. So, Josh, where do they find you if they want to keep the conversation going? Yeah, you can um, you can follow me on at uh, at Josh Loves This. Uh, the name of another podcast I'm going to be starting here in the near term future. Um, I'm also on. I also guest on various podcasts around fandom. So, I uh, if you follow me at Josh Loves This, I'll I'll let you know where I'm appearing. But I'll be appearing on this podcast. Um, whenever we do it. So I'm really excited. Yes. Awesome. And if you want to follow me and continue the Batman conversation, you can. There are multiple ways to do that. It's at Adam underscore Leeds fan on Twitter, which is my personal account. There's at MMNPDC, which is the podcast-centric uh, Twitter account. There I'll post the episodes. I mean, I'll post them on mine too, but typically that's mostly here. I post the episode, enjoy it. But if you want to talk with me on there, follow that one, and, and I'll, I can easily switch accounts and talk to you there, whatever, whichever suits you. We also have a Facebook page, the Multiverse Musings Podcast Network page. Go there, ask for permission to join the group, I'll add you, and we can gladly continue the conversation there as well. But that's it. Um, that brings this first inaugural episode to a close. Um, we had fun. Um, and we will be back next episode. But until then, uh, how can I end this show? Uh, be sure to join us next time. Same bad time, same bad channel. Yes, I know I stole it from the 60s show. But it's all Batman. It's all good. And remember, and I'll, I'll use what I'm my, my, I know Stephen's already wondering what I'm going to say. My classic catchphrase for the end of, of the, our other episodes. Batman the Animated Series is forever, from the first episode to the last. So long, everybody. Bye.